Welcome to the Revolutionary Stewardship Podcast. I'm your host, J.D. Shears, a pastor, certified kingdom advisor, certified stewardship instructor, and an investment advisor representative. We will be discussing topics such as biblically responsible investing, estate planning, and wealth transfer that will benefit you as an obedient steward. Christianity is revolutionary. Shouldn't your stewardship be as well? This broadcast is brought to you by the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. How much money is enough? Have you ever daydreamed, if I just had this much money, I could retire early? If I just had this much money, I could pay things off? If I just had this much money, I could buy a second home in the Bahamas? If I had just this amount of money, I can, and then you fill in the blank. I think it is is human nature that people daydream like that. I think it is a worldview that people daydream about money. Money is one of those things that infiltrates our mind, and it's not necessarily good. Most of the times it's not. Now, what does the world say about money? It says money offers success, offers security, offers significance, All three of those things, all three of those things are issues that people try to obtain. Success, security, and significance. We see see people with money think that they are now spokespeople for politicians. That people really care what they say about or think about who they endorse for president. We see ultra-wealthy athletes become pundits for one political side or another. We see people with just loads of money make really bad decisions, right? The world says we will be better and feel better the more money that we have. Now, I'm going to ask you a question. Do people with more money appear happy to you? Think about that question. Do people with more money appear happier to you? Now, since I've been a faith-based financial planner, I have I've become more observant of my surroundings. And one of the things that, that I cannot uh, uh, deny, uh, and I'm an advocate against it, is the number of people buying scratch-off tickets and Powerball tickets and Mega Millions and whatever else lottery at the gas station. If you go in there to buy a pop or a cup of coffee, you stand behind people scratching off tickets, turning tickets in, buying tickets on Wednesdays and Fridays. And if there's a big Powerball... It's over $100 million. You'll have a line out the door of people trying to buy these tickets. It's aggravating. The, the, lottery, the lottery preys on the poor. I'm going to say it again. The lottery preys upon the poor. Do you see rich people in there buying scratch-off tickets? No. Why, why are people buying these? Why are people so intent on hitting the lottery? Have they put much thought into it? And what really concerns me is this. I know that when that, that Powerball or whatever it is gets way up there, I'm talking about three, four, five hundred million dollars that people are including in their prayers, God, please let me win this. After they walk out the door and they're sitting in their car, God, if you would just let me win this, I'll build a, a new church. I'll give such and such amount of money to the needy. Trying, trying to justify gambling with God. Trying to justify getting rich with God. To deny that people do that is lying to ourselves. Now I want, I want to share 
uh, a, a an article that I did not write. It was an article by a, a woman by the name of Melissa uh, Chan, um, who wrote this article in January of 2016. Uh, but I, I actually was Googling the number of suicides associated with lottery winners. And I came upon this article, which I think is, is actually better for, for this particular podcast. So we ask ourselves, are people with money happy? I'm talking about people who have won the lottery. Let's start with, with this, this short article here. A fellow by the name of Jack Whitaker. Jack Whitaker was already a millionaire when he won $315 million in a lottery in West Virginia in 2002. The then 55-year-old West Virginia construction company president. So I'm already, I already uh, am hypocritical because I said because rich people don't play a lottery. Apparently this guy did. So the 55-year-old West, West Virginia construction company president claimed he went broke about four years later and lost a daughter and a granddaughter to drug overdoses, which he blamed on the curses of the Powerball win. My granddaughter is, be, uh, is dead because of the money, he told ABC. You know... <clears throat> My wife had said she had wished that she had torn up the ticket. Well, I wish we had torn up that ticket too. Whitaker was also robbed of $545,000 sitting in his car while at a strip club eight months after winning the lottery. I just don't like Jack Whitaker. I don't like the hard heart that I've got. He said, I don't like what I've become. Says he's the last person I would have prototyped for going completely crazy, but he did, McNay told Time on, on Tuesday. No question that it was because he won the lottery. Another gentleman by the name of Abraham Shakespeare. Abraham Shakespeare was murdered in 2009 after he won a $30 million lotto jackpot. The 47-year-old Florida man was shot twice in the chest and then buried under a slab of concrete in a backyard. D.D. Moore, who all, uh, authorities say befriended him, after his lotto win, was found guilty of first-degree murder in 2012. His brother, Robert Brown, told BBC that Shakespeare always said he regretted winning the lottery. I had been better off broke, he said, or he said that to me all the time, according to his brother. Lady by the name of Sandra Hayes. Sandra Hayes won the Missouri lottery in 2006 and split a $224 million Powerball with a dozen co-workers. The St. Louis woman is now a retired social worker and wrote the book, How Winning the Lottery Changed My Life. She told the Associated Press that she had to adapt to this new life, which changed how she saw her closest friends and family. I had to endure the greed and the need that people have, according uh, trying to get you to release your money to them. That caused me a lot of emotional pain. These people who you love deep down, and they're turning into vampires trying to suck the life out of me. Another lady by the name of Donna Mill, or Micken. Donna Micken won three, or 34.5 million in the New York State Lottery in 2007. She said the big win ruined her life and led to emotional bankruptcy. Most of us thinking or think winning the lottery is the ultimate fulfillment, but I found that wasn't the case. Most people look at winning the lottery as some magic pot of gold waiting for you at the end of the rainbow. The Long Island woman says she considered herself or considered herself. A happy person before the win. When we won the lottery, my inner dialogue was manic. I became more concerned about how I was being judged and perceived, not realizing I was the one, the judging in the first place. If you ask me, my life was hijacked. My life was hijacked by the lottery. And if you Google that particular storyline, 
You'll see it time and time again. And what does that teach us? It teaches us that being rich isn't the question. That being rich is actually a curse. Now, I'm sure that you could find people that you would say, oh, these people are wealthy and they're happy. I had a gentleman, a Christian, tell me years and years ago. He said, Jay, he said, I, want to, I want to tell you a story about money. He said, I just want you to look at the Kennedy family. The Kennedy family. It was actually, we were having a conversation about the Tennessee Valley Authority, and he told me how Joe Kennedy, the, the patriarch, had basically, um, uh, and I won't use his words, uh, uh, stolen from the people in the Tennessee, Kentucky area uh, region, went in and bought property up and then sold it to the Tennessee Valley Authority uh, at a much higher rate than what he paid for the property. Uh, this gentleman did not like Joe Kennedy. And he was saying, I just want you to look at a family that's ultra wealthy, but has turned their back to God. Now, I know the Kennedys are, are purported uh, Catholics. I'm, I'm, I really don't know. I, I, well, I, I do know. Uh, Catholic. <clears throat> but... My my point is not their 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 faith. My point is the money. The money has been a curse on that family. It, there has been ho- horrible deaths in that family, uh, <clears throat> whether it be you know the the, the assassinations, uh, the uh, plane crashes. I mean, it's just and when the, the gentleman told me this, I really kind of looked at. It. I'm like that that family is cursed. He said, Jay, it's all about money. He said, everything about that family is money. He said, they did some dirty deeds to a lot of people. Uh, and and so, Now, personally, I don't believe that God punishes, uh, uh, fam- you know, I, I just don't. But he made a pretty valid point. That money has warped how they treated other people. Now, I know there's a lot of people that are fans of the Kennedys. And I'm not trying to upset anybody about the Kennedys. I'm just sharing a story that an older gentleman uh, um, shared with me about the Tennessee Valley Authority. So my question to you is this. What what are you striving for? Are your goals and ambitions all money related? Are they all money related? I would say if we're actually being honest with ourselves. that, That it may not be the main topic in our life. But it's a pretty big one. Have you ever met anybody that says, I would like to make less? I, I haven't met anybody that said that. Have Have you ever met anybody that got a raise on January 1st that said, ah, just pass me on by. I don't need it. Now, <clears throat> trying to provide for your family, according to 1 uh, Timothy 5, 8, uh, providing for your family, especially those of your immediate household, is what we should be doing. And I'm not saying a raise is a bad thing. What I'm saying is, when we're in line at the gas station trying to buy a multi-million dollar Powerball or Mega Millions or scratch-off tickets or whatever it may be, that our brain and our intent is in the wrong place. Nowhere in Scripture does it say, get rich quick. Nowhere does it say that. Nowhere can can you show me where it says, we need to gamble to earn our living. I don't see that anywhere. I don't. Uh, if you could show me, I would happily look at it, but I don't think it exists, right? It actually tells us that we are to gain little by little. Now, I don't know, unless you're just playing $1 scratch-off tickets, I, I, I don't uh, think that people 
are, are in line trying to win a dollar or five dollars and, and earning their income by scratch off tickets. I actually know a family that spent hundreds of dollars a month, hundreds of dollars a month, months for years, and they finally hit a fifty thousand dollar payoff. And that that fifty thousand dollar payoff, even though I there is no doubt in my mind that they've actually spent more on a weekly basis trying to win that fifty thousand dollars, I don't know for a fact. But I know that they were spending a couple hundred dollars a week for years. But that has justified their reasoning to continue to play the lottery. Well, look, we made $50,000. And let me tell you where the $50,000 went. They don't know. It's gone. They gave it to kids. Kids blew it in a matter of days. In a matter of days. It was just gone. So my point is this. What, what are you striving for? If you're striving for a get-rich-quick scheme... I'm telling you, there, there's no happiness at the end of that rainbow. There's no happiness. Can you dig deep and find a story where someone uh, is actually happy now? I'm telling you, if they are, they had to change their lives some way or some fashion to allow that happiness to creep in uh, to the ultra wealthy. Uh, they've done something different. They probably had a, a good advisor, good attorneys. Uh, they became good givers, right? They become charitable. They set up foundations. Um, but, you know, I, I, I look at, at, that Deuter, at Deuteronomy. And in Deuteronomy it says, do not, bring, do not bring the wages from the male or female prostitute into the house of the Lord as a vow because it will be despised. And... What that tells me is, is sin money should not come into the house of the Lord. Now, there, there are many ways to look at that particular scripture. But what I'm saying or what I, what I feel from that particular scripture is that we should try to earn honest money. Now, when you look at the lottery and scratch-off tickets, where does that money come from? It doesn't come from the state. The state doesn't say, oh, you're a winner, I'm going to give you money. That came from losers, Right? came from people playing that, spending money, and losing it. That's why I say, that's why I say it's a trap for the poor. It's a trap for the poor. I know people that spend much more money on scratch-off tickets than what they ever do or what they ever would offer or give tithes at the church. I've looked inside of vehicles, talking to people, just kind of, you know, with the window rolled down and seen piles of scratch-off tickets in their car. People, that is not healthy. It's not healthy because you're spending money on something you're not going to win. And if by chance you do win it, happiness doesn't come from, from winning. You're much better off taking that money and giving it to God. If you've got it to blow on scratch-off tickets, you've got it to give to the kingdom. And your reward will be much higher than hitting some kind of monetary value on a Powerball or scratch-off ticket. Your reward from God, and, and listen, I'm not a prosperity preacher, so please don't misconstrue what I'm saying. But I'm telling you, you could do a lot better for this world by reallocating what you're paying for something that you're going to lose to help the needy, to help the sick, to help the poor, to help the orphans, to help the widows. If you've got money to blow on scratch-off tickets, 
stop. If you're in there buying lottery tickets, stop. If you're if you're playing that pick three, pick five, pick four, whatever it is, stop. Stop it. It's not biblical by any stretch of the imagination. Not even close. It's gambling. And you're gambling off the backs of poor. Yes, I gave an example of a, a, one guy that's already a millionaire, but I'm telling you, are you standing in line with millionaires that are buying those tickets? You, you're not. You're not. So where does contentment come from? Contentment comes from following scripture in regards to how we steward money. That we're not striving after the get-rich-quick scheme. Contentment comes from understanding ownership of who owns it. Who owns it? God owns it all. In Psalms 24.1, it tells us God owns it all. And the next question is how much is enough? That's that's where we fall into the trap. How much is enough? If I could just have this amount of money, I'd be happy. People, you'll never get there. I'm not saying you won't get to that level of, of, of monetary uh, amounts that, that you may think bring happiness. What I'm saying is that monetary amount is not going to bring you happiness. Contentment. Contentment comes from money not having power over you. And the only way to break the power of money, and I'm going to close with this, the only way to break the power of money is to be a charitable giver. 100% fact. You will not find happiness in a Powerball ticket. If you have questions, comments, concerns, if you have a gambling addiction, and yes, I consider people who stand in line every week to buy Powerball tickets and scratch-off tickets, I consider that a gambling addiction. You may not think that you have an addiction, but it is. People think a gambling addiction is someone that's down at the riverboat or at the casino. No, gambling is gambling, whether it be scratch-off tickets, Powerball tickets, or at the riverboat. You're spending money that you're going to lose. So if you have need for prayer, support, and dealing with this gambling habit, uh, please reach out. i uh, be happy to pray for you. i would be happy to, to give you uh, support um, and, and try to fight this issue of trying to find contentment in piles of money, which doesn't exist. You can find my contact information at kingdomplanadvisory.com. Kingdomplanadvisory.com. God bless and hope you have a great rest of your day. Thank you for listening to Revolutionary Stewardship. I encourage you to visit KingdomPlanAdvisory.com to read our latest articles and sign up for our monthly newsletter. If you would like to arrange a free stewardship consultation, please schedule on our website or you may call 888-226-7614. Securities offered through Vanderbilt Securities LLC, member FINRA, SIPC, and registered with MSRB. Advisory services offered through Vanderbilt Advisory Services. God bless.